Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. She's uh, she's hanging out on our couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually just came from doing a one-on-one training with us, and we finished up a little bit early because she's smart and understands everything really quickly, and she was about to leave, and I said, well, why don't we record a podcast, and um, I don't know if she wanted to or didn't want to, but here you she bully, is. Right? <laughs> you no, got bullied. bullied. <laughs> you can say it. We did the polite fight, okay? <laughs> we have had so many polite fights over the last two months. It's amazing. Amazing. What's a polite fight? A polite <laughs> fight. Well, okay, so I, I'll, I'll, introduce, I'll introduce our guest first. We're sitting with Joyce, who's a registered massage therapist in Toronto as well. And we met a couple of years back because um, she came to take a course here at Con Ed. And I found out that she did some cool stuff that I was interested in. She does um, labor support. She's a doula. And she was taking reflexology here. And so I had asked her way back then, or I think Mark did, um, if she wanted to record a podcast. And she said... No, but I know a doula that you would love to meet. So that's how we met Cindy McNeely. That's right. You're the reason why we got in touch with Cindy. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we had Cindy on to talk about becoming a doula. And then um, Joyce and I have kept in touch through Facebook. So, I mean, I've seen what's going on with your life. And over the last uh, little while, I'll let Joyce talk about it. There's been some major changes in her life, both personally, professionally, all the things. So um, I brought it up a little while back like hey you would be an awesome podcast guest and she said fine I'll come on the podcast if you massage me which was only half joking (laughs) Mark tried to get me right that's right Mark messaged you first and when you weren't being responsive to him he said he said you try she'll talk to you he said you're right I can get her I don't even think I gave you a chance to be responsive no you didn't yeah because I was I was here doing stuff and I was like hey I'm just gonna message Joyce really quick and then Amanda walked in I'm like just kind of like how you saw like yeah, bef- yeah. how it goes out here like can you can you just continue where I left off type of thing <laughs> and that's where that happened yeah but it, it that, anyway the polite fight so um she was sort of half like a fresh joking. off the boat Chinese yeah, polite fight she was yeah. half joking and she <laughs> said to me um I'll come record a podcast if I can get a massage treatment. And I was like, I'm happy to treat you. Sure. I said, why don't you come in at this time? You get a treatment and then we'll record after. Anyway, leading up to the day, it turned out that Joyce's timing had to be shortened because of another personal appointment. So she was like, well, I'll still record the podcast, but I won't get the massage. And I was like, no, get the massage. We can postpone the podcast. And this went back and forth. I don't know, like 10 (laughs) messages. No, no, it's okay. I'll do the podcast. I'm like, no, no, get the massage. (laughs) When you're going back and forth like that, is it like, fuck, I just really want the massage. Like, I don't want to. Of course you wanted the massage. (laughs) I didn't care either way. Like, honestly, I didn't want to like waste your time either. You guys have time too. No, it's never, never, <laughs> no, never a waste of time. And like I said, I was just grateful that you were actually going to come on and talk about stuff because uh, this will be classified as an under the sheets episode. Yeah. We're talking about very personal things. So we're not talking so much about the massage profession today, but more about uh, Joyce's story. Because as I said, she's had some major changes in life in the last little while. So uh, before we start, why don't we actually let Joyce introduce herself to everybody? Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I'm a massage therapist. I have been working since 09. Don't tell me how many years because I can't calculate right now. Um, that's 12 years. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Asian. I should be able to know that. Right? <laughs> um, 
I've been I've worked at so many different places, uh, yoga studio, spa, um, professional clinic, you name it, physio. What What did you like of all those places that you mentioned? Just a variety of people. I don't like I I can't stand. Although there are, have has been times where you get a full day of all shoulder crap, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, but I like the variety where people will come in like they're not just sitting in front of a desk and mm. oh, I have my neck and shoulders. Can you please fix my neck and shoulders? I'm like I can't fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and what about the labor support? Because as I said, that was why we initially. Yeah. Uh, how many years ago was that? Two, three oh, years ago? I don't know. Anyway. That was a while ago because Cindy was on our podcast. Like, when she we was first one of the, started. She was one of the first interviews that we oh, did. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. She was probably like the, the eighth episode in. Yeah. It, so it, really, it, was, really close. it was at least three years ago. Yeah. 2018. Um, let's not count. Yes, let's not. Plus, even if we say the year, we'll never figure out how many years that actually is, apparently. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> let's just leave it there. Um, I don't advertise myself as a jeweler. Okay. Um, because I still have a young family. Right. So I've been mainly doing it for friends or family. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I've only uh, had the chance to attend one birth because I, I reached out to Cindy and told her this was something I wanted to do. And she said, my advice to you, because your RMT, it's already within your scope of practice. Yeah. said, my advice to you is go attend a birth first, then come take my course. Oh. And I was like, interesting. And yeah. I like it. I had tons of pregnant people around what me. What was the reason for that? Um, This is a while back. I don't 100% remember. remember, but I think she just wanted me to actually have the experience and see like, is this something I like? For is sure. this something I want to do? And she said, you already have the skills. You might not know you have the skills, yeah. but you already have the skills. Yeah, absolutely. And so... I said, okay. Just as an RMT, you have the skills or like you have the skills? No, um, as an RMT. As an so RMT, like I got the skills? She's she's very much... Hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to... Not that she doesn't think that other people could make great doulas, but if you recall her episode, she's really, no, really in favor of RMT doula combo because yeah. okay. a lot of the skills that doulas need, RMTs already have them. Yeah. We already understand the touch, the intentional touch. We know what's going on with the body. Um and she said, even just being like the support person and the comfort person, like we already have all of those soft skills. So yeah. mm. anyway, I took her advice. I attended a birth in August of 2019. And then I took her course in October yeah. of 2019 with the intent of 2020 being the year that I started attending births. And then, you know, the world exploded and yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. And I, I actually still haven't. So yeah. that was my only experience. My uh, biggest one was with a family. Um I had my second and he was three weeks old. I had him with me during my dueling. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. You know, all of a sudden I put my carrier on and he'd be on me and I'm telling them to breathe, you know, relax and everything. And then (laughs) when it was time to push, my baby pushed too. Nice, nice. Although there's got to be something comforting about having like your doula is wearing a baby. Like, you know that this person understands you. They've been through it. They're still going through it. There's something comforting in that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Mark's like, I don't know, smelling baby poop as you're Um, pushing. (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. 
But you know what happens when pushing too? There's it happens potential it happens. that it happens. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> people life, that people that are listening that either like have not had children or don't want to have children <laughs> or they've they've now turned tuned out. Like, why? Why would they have tuned out? <laughs> if I've if I've never been involved with this, I'd want to know everything that would potentially happen. Not everybody wants that. Not everybody wants to know. Really? No. That's weird to me. That really is strange to me. It's no, like it's like it's my child. I think I'd want to see and be there for all parts of it. Well, as a massage therapist doula, like I have clients that are pregnant or were pregnant and mm-hmm. when I talk to them and like they're like, I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to hear stories about it. I don't want to know the process. I don't want to know. Like what I don't want is to be presented with the placenta after <laughs> and, and and have the midwife describe to me all He's still parts very of the, like the about anatomy this. of the placenta. <laughs> like it's not even was too much. I just wasn't in the mood for that, right? Yeah. Because like we just have this newborn child. You, didn't, is with you the, didn't have to be polite. A man is with the newborn child and, and then, <laughs> you know, the, the midwife is like holding up the placenta and wants to give us an anatomy yeah, lesson. Yeah, but yeah. a man is with child on chest. Yeah. And so she's obviously not paying attention. Yeah. And I don't want to be the dick. So I'm... <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, I guess I'm the only one that's here to listen. So now I got to pretend I want to listen as I'm looking at her talk to me about the tree of life. So, but anyway. It was kind of cool to see her hold it up. I was like, whoa, yeah. it's much bigger than you'd expect oh, it to sure. be. Well, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, you're you're not adversi- advertising yourself as a doula, but it is still something. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. I have a website and, and people do search me and... It's funny how I don't I don't know how they find me, but people find me, and uh, you know, recently I I do turn people away um, because of my health issues mm-hmm. and and whatever is going on in the world right now. Like no one's going into the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what what I was saying. Like once twenty twenty happened, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm going to put these plans on hold because yeah. now is not the time that I want to start. Although. My mindset, and now I I can say this because I'm I'm healthy, I'm not immune compromised or anything, but I I feel like now I'm at the point where I might want to start yeah. doing this because I feel like pregnant women need us now. They don't allow still. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, even the partner had I know. limited access. I know, which is crazy. I can't imagine. I couldn't have imagined doing that by myself. Like I mean, if they you didn't have a let nurse. you in. You have the nurse. Some stranger <laughs> that I just met. <laughs> and an OB that you probably just meet. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No. No. Thank God. Thank God. Anyway. Um, well, you'd, you'd mentioned your health issues, which was sort of what we were going to talk about. Yeah. And I will say before Joyce gets into her whole story that part of the reason we wanted to talk about this, when, when she did come for that massage treatment after our polite fight that day, we were discussing the fact that some this topic in particular makes people uncomfortable and maybe it's because people don't talk about it so openly and so freely so like if you know somebody who's dealing with certain health issues you don't know what to say to them you don't know what you can and can't say and it makes you feel uncomfortable and then it makes the person who is dealing with their health issues uncomfortable and also feeling like maybe I should keep this to myself so it's a whole the whole other type of polite fight that (laughs) we just want to get rid of it's not something that shouldn't be talked about and maybe if Joyce speaks openly about about it. It's again giving people permission that 
you can talk about these yeah. things. And for people who are on, you know, on the other side of it, where if you don't know how to react or what to say, well, Joyce will tell you how to react or what to say. And I'll give you a hint. Sometimes you don't have to say a goddamn thing. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. I dig this. It's like when we had Sebastian on then. I'm going to learn go. I'm going to learn a lot You're of gonna stuff. You're going to learn things. <laughs> Joyce, why don't you give us uh, a timeline and just sort of tell everyone what's been going on with you the last few years. Sure. So, um I've Where should I start? Um I asked where should I start is because when I was diagnosed and why I was diagnosed is where I should start. What sure. Yeah. Uh, so I was weaning off breastfeeding with my second and I felt a lump and I was like, oh, maybe it's just a block duct, you know, who cares? Just leave it aside. I have history of fibroids in my breasts. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's something similar. I brushed it off and then, um, it didn't go away. And so I searched for help, um, GP, um, and when they get the results and they say, I think you should see someone more skilled, then you get scared. Uh, so diagnosed in August 2019 with breast cancer. Um, whirlwind from there, October, I had my mastectomy, my right mastectomy, and then went right into chemo. Uh, after the healing has gone, uh, chemo and then radiation. And here I am awaiting for my reconstruction. That's a lot. So <laughs> the first thing I will say when I found out about Joyce's diagnosis, I found out through Facebook, yeah. right? Like I, I said, we kept in touch through Facebook, yeah. but it's not like we talk all the time. We don't know each other's like no. personal lives. So you're I know. talking about a conversation that happened through Facebook? So no. Joyce posted oh, sort of gotcha, letting gotcha, gotcha. people know like, you know, I've been quiet. This is why I've been quiet. This is what's happening. And what I found really um, interesting is she said, please don't, you know, send me messages. Don't I like, she didn't want to answer questions. She didn't want our sympathy. She didn't want, Oh, I'm so sorry. She said, if you're going to do anything right now, just drop a heart and let me know you're thinking about me. Yeah. And that's all I did on all of your posts. That's all I did. I didn't say anything. I didn't yeah. send you any messages. This was not, this wasn't at the point where she wanted to speak about it. It was like, this is what's happening. Okay. Just let me know you're thinking about me. Yeah. What drives you to, to, to make a post like that? Well, from the very, well, when I started posting was during Thanksgiving and I was just saying, what are you thankful about? Mm -hmm. And then um, it was more of why I'm posting it is because I don't want people to ask my family. I don't want people to ask my husband. They're dealing with a lot already. Right. right? I'm going to tell you what I, I know and what I want you to know. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't need your comments. Like you're strong. Stay strong. Like, we have to stay strong. We have a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? I already know that. Save your breath. Mm, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So that's how I found out about it. And then from there, it was like Joyce said, whatever she decided to share openly with people, like through the whole journey of what's going on. So can I go back a little yeah. bit then? When you're weaning off breastfeeding your your child mm -hmm. and you're like, mm, this, something's not right here. Yeah. At any moment in time when you're thinking, okay, I got to go see a doctor. Are you thinking this at all? Or oh, no? for sure. Yeah. And is it... 
Is it a fearful thing when you're thinking that, or is it just like a passing thought? I know that sounds so stupid, but for sure, it's a fearful thing. Like even before the diagnosis, like yep. the proper diagnosis. As a health professional, we know what to look for, mm-hmm. and uh, I can see the pulling. I can see the the lump. Like it's visible. Right. At any point in all of this, is there any denial about this is what it might be? Is like I'm I'm kind of because I do this all the time. Oh, sure. when, whenever it comes to me and anything, and then I possibly think of the worst case scenario of what th- what things might be going on, I automatically jump to nah, it's not that. And I go into denial mode, and then for me, ignorance is bliss. So I just turn off my mind about it, and I hope it goes away, which is a dumb thing to do, but that's what I do. I mean, it did like I did take a few months before reaching out. So yeah. Because I'm like, I did everything right, you know. Breastfeeding. For sure, yeah. I don't know if you know that, but breastfeeding is one of those things that is supposed to lower a woman's risk of breast cancer. So she's, she's nursed two children. She was literally weaning off of nursing her second child. And so I know if it were, if the tables were turned, there might have been a part of me that was like, no, can't be. And, you know, and Joyce and I talked about the fact that like she doesn't have, a history of this in her family. Nope. So I I likely would have thought fibroids or something as well. So yeah. when these thoughts are coming into your mind about all the potentials of what's going on with your body, is it something that you bring up with your husband and your family right away? Or is it something that you kind of sit on with yourself? Like how does it, because I know for me, for example, if something was going on with my body that I was fearful of, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't say anything to her. I kill you. I probably wouldn't say anything. To, I, seriously, I probably wouldn't say anything to anybody about anything. He wouldn't, and it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get it. It's it's like um, you're trying to save them from the turmoil. Yeah. Right. I get it. Um, but I definitely had to talk to my husband about it because he sees it too. Right. Like he actually sees it visibly. Yeah. That there's something wrong. Mm. Right. So. My parents, uh, we didn't talk until I got sent to Sunnybrook mm-hmm. um, when it was like, okay, I need to see a specialist. Can you take care of my kids? That's right. pretty much like, I got to keep them in the loop so that my kids have to be taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Let's talk about the kids a little bit. They're very young. Your kids are the same age as my kids. Yeah. So they're little. Yeah. Um, how much... If anything, do the kids know and do they understand? My older one, um, I try to keep him in the loop with everything. So everything from what the appointment is for, who I'm going to see, what I'm going to do, what are the side effects or whatever, he knows. He knows everything. Um, Which for some people are like, they're like, uh, why do you want to tell him everything? You're scaring him. But I feel like the unknown is scarier than the known. Mm. So my rule of thumb is that um, if you can explain to your kid, explain it. Mm-hmm. It. I think it's, yeah, it's something you have to decide yourself. You and you. it depends on the kids. Like knowing my, like our oldest child, mm-hmm. I would tell her everything. Yeah, She's a very inquisitive type of person anyway. Yeah. She's intuitive too. Like she knows if something's going on. Like I, I don't. I think that it would be scarier for her if it was just like suddenly mommy's going to all of these appointments yeah. and or like mommy's not feeling well. Why isn't mommy getting out of bed? Like the side effects from the treatments are going to be obvious to for the sure. kids. So why not just say this is what might happen and, you know, explain it to them and be still be a source of comfort. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you first told him, 
did you actually use the words like I've been diagnosed with breast cancer? Like, did did he know what the diagnosis was? Well, I mean, he doesn't know what he didn't know what cancer was, right? Um, but uh, Sunnybrook, where I was, I'm doing everything. It, they have a lot of resources, mm. so. Once I was diagnosed, the first week was full of, um, here's a social worker, here's a, you know, here's the nurse that you, you need to contact, and here's the doctor, and, like, I saw maybe 15 people and have that are my medical team. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me all the resources to uh, um, to explain to my kids what I will be going through. Uh, with a book, also illustrated book by a mom who obviously was in the same, um, I guess, boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I used a book when I was in different processes. I used a book to help me explain, you know, what's chemotherapy, what does that do, what's gonna, right. what I'm gonna feel, um, and what can you do as a kid. Did he want to be? Did he want to be helpful? Did he want to be involved? Did he seem did he seem scared? Did he seem nervous? Did he seem like, okay, mommy, I'll help you? Like what was what was his attitude? He's still today, till today, he's still worried. Whenever mm. I go to a hospital, he's like, What are you going there for? What, are they doing something to you? Is it your surgery? Because he he feels the anticipation with us. Like we're excited in a way to have the surgery that's gonna come up for the reconstruction. So but then he knows that when I have the surgery, I'm gonna be away for four days and so he's worried. Right. But um so every time that I go to the hospital, which is every month, um, he's like, Oh, what is this for? What are you doing? Is is it the time yet? Is it? Are you going to be away for four days? And <laughs> hold your horses. Relax. <laughs> we'll give We're you warning. <laughs> oh well, that so he's he's what seven? He's seven now. He's yeah. seven. Yeah. And the little guy. The little guy has no clue. Right. He's just Mom's a happy. Home. He's a happy toddler playing with dominoes all oh, day. Oh, <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. So part of what we I, I said and what we talked about before was um, the reactions from people. Yeah. And so initially, you know, you very much laid it out for everybody, like you know, don't send me DMs, don't yeah. talk to my husband about it, and I, I really. I don't know how to explain this. I I never would have thought of it this way until Joyce said to me, okay. like I, she was more concerned, not more concerned, but she was, um, she understood that her husband was dealing with a lot of stuff. Right. Okay, so yeah. she was trying to like take care of him and take care of his mental health and, you know, make sure he was okay with everything. So that was a big part of like, don't, don't talk to anybody, yeah. you know, like just okay. let me know you're thinking of me. But once people did start or once you started seeing people and, you know, people started talking to you, there was um, like an elephant in the room, right? Yeah. People were afraid to ask oh, you sure. things or afraid to say things. And what was that like? Well, it's like, oh, sometimes I bring it up because I want to share my story. Um, everybody has a story. And and sometimes you're afraid to share it, but uh, I say every story is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, why I tell people is because you know I've done what I think has been right to ward this off, um, and it happened still. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's not like there's nothing that you can do to actually prevent illness, uh, per se. If it's your turn, it's your turn. Mm-hmm. And so all you can do is give other people um, the tools to cope. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's what I'm trying to do is give other people tools to cope and know that there are other people that experience the same thing. And so reach out to them, see how they gone through their journey and see what works for you because everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. Have you had people reach out to you for advice on how to deal with either deal with their own illness or deal with family members? Funny because um, when I did the, those posts and I tell people, you know, don't don't comment and whatnot. I've had a few people actually reach out and say, I actually had breast cancer and never told anyone. Mm. And um, they're like, it's really nice that you are brave enough to share with people. Why do you think people, this is something that people would want to keep to themselves? I don't know. Um, Partially maybe because uh, some people don't respond very well to those kind of news. So when I tell people that, oh yeah, I had cancer and I'm, you know, on the mend and they're all, all people can say is, oh, I'm sorry for your, like your, the ordeal. It must be rough. And yeah, it's rough. You know, it's, it is an ordeal, but it's not something that I can avoid or, I can just run away from, so I just got to keep trekking. I can see why someone might want to be quiet about stuff for a number of reasons. So, for example, like even how you said, you know, on your post, you don't necessarily want anyone commenting or sending you DMs or whatever the case is. And it's like, why are you, why would you even be reaching out to me? Or why are you even asking me things? Or why are you even commenting? Are you doing this to make yourself feel better? Are you doing this because you're just interested? Like I've, I've piqued your interest in something. Is it curiosity? Like, like, Like that type of thing, right? Like why do you want to know type of thing is it a genuine type like i can kind of understand that and then i can also see it from a really strange pride privacy place as well like you know like you know the dudes that 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 have the chest pain or whatever the case is and they're like i'm just too proud to like go get this looked at or go whatever you know what i mean that type of thing it's because there's people who have the mentality of sickness is weakness right and like joy said you can do everything right like she takes care of her body she's healthy she was breastfeeding like she did all the things checked all the boxes that would say she's low risk for breast cancer but diseases don't discriminate if you're going to if you're going to have this happen it's going to happen and you know yes there are there are things you can do to keep your body healthy to minimize risks of anything you know we're not saying go ahead eat shit don't exercise like of course but there are some things that are unavoidable and you know as joy said yeah it it fucking sucks it's rough yeah but when it if it if and when it does happen, then her attitude was like, okay, how do I cope with this? How do I protect my family? How do I protect my mental health? And we're going to keep trekking and get through this. Yeah. And uh, sorry, what I actually had meant to say earlier when I was saying, oh, I never thought of this perspective was something she said um, that I never thought of was that her husband blamed himself. He said, is this my fault? 
did I did I do something to make this happen? Um, because he's he's the guy that does all the cooking. He buys mm. all the food. And okay. he said, is it something I was feeding you? Right, right, right. And I was like, what? Like when she told me that, I said, what? no way. Like, no, but... I guess that's a that's a valid th- feeling. For Is your him. husband a guy one of the one of those types of guys where like there's got to be a reason for everything? Oh, for sure. See, his background sense. is is philosophy and religious studies. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. So it makes tons of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I never would, like I said, I never thought of that angle. Like I said, and why would he blame himself? And I I don't even know if necessarily like he might not even be aware of this. I thought of this later, like. Maybe it wasn't even just blaming himself, but now he feels like, like I need to do everything I possibly can to like take care of you and make yeah. this easy on you. And meanwhile, then you're saying, well, no, but you're dealing with this too. Oh, like, sure. yes, you're the one that's that's going through the treatments, that. but polite fights, man. Polite <laughs> fights. <laughs> we have arguments about that. <laughs> For sure. That he wants to just do everything for you? Yeah. And it's just like, no, I can do it. Like I can, I have pretty much full range of movements, even with a scar tissue on my chest. So there's a lot of things that I can do. And, and, but it's just like my parents are thinking, oh, maybe you shouldn't be working as much because, you know, you have all your surgery and whatever. Um, I mean, the timeline was I did my last radiation in last year, May. And I got back to work in the end of June when things were starting to open. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, oh, but, you know, maybe you need some more time to to heal. And I'm like, no, it's enough time. It's been a year and more. Let's get going. Were you excited to get back to work oh, and see sure. people? Yeah, for sure. What was your conversation with your clients or clinic owners like how how involved were these people in knowing why you were away for so long? Oh, they were in the loop from the very get go because all these appointments for tests. I had, you know, it's funny. Like, can't you just put all the tests in one day? No. Um, so I'd be doing, you know, a CT on the chest uh, one day, and then a CT on the abdomen another day, and I'm like, can't we just do it all at once? And so I had to keep them in the loop because I had to take time off. Mm-hmm. So were you like, you said you got diagnosed uh, when October 2019? August. August, sorry, August yeah. 2019. Um, did you continue to work or did oh, yeah. you? Yeah. I worked up until like almost the day before my surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the sur- so the surgery was in October. October and then you were off. Um, for the rest of the year. And then, of course, 2020, we were all off. So yes. you didn't even have the choice to go back. <laughs> Which was great in a way because then I don't feel obligated to go back. Right. Kind of a blessing for you yeah. that all of us were shut down. Yeah. And so June, you went back to work. Um, what was it like getting back into treatment? It was great in a way where because I don't 100% know if I'm still immunocompromised at that time in June. So it was great. Like we were cleaning like madman, right? <laughs> so everything was clean. Mm. So I felt safe. The only issue was my stamina. So I only work three days a week mm. and three clients a day. That's it. Are you doing that up to this point now I'm too? Still, yeah. Three clients a day, three days a week. Yeah. Do you feel like the stamina is building? Or do you feel like this is a good pace for you right now? It's a good pace for my family. Um, my kids are at home. My husband's at home. They need, you know, 
a break from each other, <laughs> right? So it's a, I mean, I could potentially work five days a week, but then I think my family would suffer. And are you getting treatment since your, since your surgeries? Are you getting treatment yourself? <laughs> um, I actually am better with self-care nowadays, um, especially with, uh, the school that I went to for massage therapy, they offer specialty clinic for people who had chest um, surgery. So I've been participating in that. So one, awesome. it's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Two, everybody needs to learn somewhere, right? So yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, we can say it because we talk about it all the time. Joyce went to Sutherland Chan, mm. and we know how awesome Sutherland Chan clinics are, and they give students the opportunity to work with so many different populations. Yeah. So having you know, as a student, I can imagine it'd be both intimidating but exciting to get to work on somebody who's actually had this type of surgery yeah. and see it before actually going out into practice on your own in the real world. In the real world, without <laughs> an instructor, you don't have to answer any of this stuff if you don't want to yep you have to be scared yeah what about all of this if you had to rank the order of scariness is it the i've got this i've got this lump i don't know what's going on is it that i'm going to see the doctor initially about it is it i'm awaiting results from it is it the i'm gonna have to do therapy for it is it the like what are the scarier parts for you i think the scariest part was um, awaiting the diagnosis. Mm. Um, what happened was in at Sunnybrook they have a, a a thing where you go in and they do. It's called rapid testing, mm. and so they do uh, ultrasound, mammogram, and biopsy mm -hmm. all in one, mm. and then they get the results within two days. Okay. So those two days, we're like, okay, well, let's... That's a long two days. For sure. Yeah. So are those two days, are those two days just like depression mode? Are those two days like, I just got to stay happy mode? Are those two days, I'm going to occupy my mind and body with everything else? No. What are those two days like? Those two days, crying. Yeah. Tons of crying. Husband was crying. I was crying. Kids, I don't remember if they were around or not. Um, possibly they were with my parents i don't know mm. but uh tons of crying when away from the kids is the crying the 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 why me part the why it is the why me oh for sure the why me part and then once we got the ball rolling we've got yeah. the diagnosis i was just like i was the the mom that needed to lift the, the car off right i think i would i i say this all the time i would live in the why me moment for so long i have trouble with that even for basic things, even for stupid things, like my windshield got cracked <laughs> driving down the 427. And even still to this day, I beat myself up because I'm like, yeah. I'm, I wasn't even supposed to be on that fucking highway that day at that time. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I live in why me forever. I don't know. I don't know how you fucking do I mean, that. it's 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 a different mentality when you have kids and you have family, right? It's yeah, just yeah. like you got to fight. You know, keep going. Um, and then with my family... I'm the breadwinner, so mm. I'm the breadwinner. Um, so I got to keep going. 
because I want to keep my family happy. That's that's my goal. Did you ever want to turn off the, the breadwinner? You're like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm done with this. No, because I tried the stay at home thing and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember when, when Joyce and I first met. So, you know, back when she took reflexology here yep. and we were talking about that, you know, so she, I had just recently come back to work. I was off for 14 months, like after I had um, our second. Yeah. And there was a part of me that thought I would be a stay at home mom, at least oh, for, for sure. a little while. I was thinking, okay, you know, Mark can handle the work thing. I'm going to stay home and deal with the kids. And then I did come back to work. And I realized when I came back, even part time, because I was still spending a lot of time at home, but just the, you know, even the two, three days a week that I was working, like, I think I needed this. I yeah. think that, you know, I kudos to stay at home moms. I, sure. I don't know that that's me. Like, I like to spend a lot of time at home with the kids, yeah. but I think I need something else too. And sure. coming back to work, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But anyway, when she was telling me that, you know, her husband's the stay at home dad, he's a great cook. Mm. She doesn't like cooking. Oh, mm. for sure. So he handles all the meal prep and he cooks all the food. And yeah. it, so he doesn't mind, you know, being at home with, with the boys. Like, I mean, right, I'm sure right. there's some times where he wants to rip his hair out as well, Absolutely. but he was okay with doing that. Whereas Joyce was like, I, no, I don't like this. I want to go to work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that, that to me is so cool. Cause I feel like you just hear that so much less of like the dad staying home and yeah. taking care of the kids. But in some circumstances, it just makes so much sense. Like if you're not a person that wants to be a stay at home mom, but dad loves it. Yeah. Why? I feel like more people should, I think more people would do it if it didn't seem sort of um, like if there wasn't sort of like a stigma around oh, it, it sure. seems like, so, like moms are expected to be home. Oh yeah. <laughs> the eye roll was so good right there. <laughs> How do your folks feel about him being home? Because the only reason why I say this is when you were talking about this, I had a flashback to grownups. Chris Rock's character is a stay-at-home dad, yeah. right? And uh, his wife's <laughs> mother would always razz him about being the stay-at-home dad. And right? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because people have that mentality. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. if you're the if you're the man, you're supposed to be the Absolutely. breadwinner, and you're so the mom. You're supposed you, to be the homemaker. Oh, especially in Asian culture. Yeah, how do your like, folks feel about that then? <laughs> in the beginning, it was not. Were they like, "What the fuck is this"? Well. They know Same that with an they know <laughs> they know that my my husband's a better cook than I am. Yeah, um, yeah. We've had issues where uh, my older one at that time was um, he's eating, and the breakfast fare would be variations of different oatmeals, where it's oatmeal and apple, or oatmeal with blueberries, <laughs> or oatmeal and whatever. And he, my husband, would wake up and say, "So, what's for breakfast today for for our son? Oatmeal again?" <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> it's healthy. Um, and, you know, as years gone on, um, he has shown that he excels in it, like mm. my husband. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he've, he's even taken on my niece as um, he would, I wouldn't say homeschool, but like he would babysit my niece also mm -hmm. uh, while my sister's at work. and. Um, so it would be my son and my nieces. Mm. And that's the thing is it, it's, it shouldn't be weird. Like no. why can't men be the caregivers? Like there's some awesome dads that oh, would probably sure. do way better. You know, like there, I, I know a lot of women who are stay at home moms because it makes sense. So when I say it makes sense, it would be more expensive to send the kids to daycare than it would be for one parent just to stay home sure. in those instances. It just seems like the default parent is always mom. Yeah. 
but I'm, you know, I'm glad that you guys recognize that he excels in this. He's yeah. great with the kids and he likes to cook and he likes to do the stuff at home. And you're like, yeah, I want to go to work. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, he, he, how it brought up was that he was in a job that he was definitely not happy about. And I was in my quote unquote job taking care of my kid and I wasn't happy. And we're like, uh, can we switch? And well, he asked me, can, is that an option? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love to work. So you stay home. Was, was he scared to ask you that? I think he was yeah. for sure. Asian culture. Interesting. So cool. I love that you broke the mold on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's more molds than this <laughs> that we broke. <laughs> oh, I want to hear so. Th oh this sounds gosh. like there's stories. I want to hear these stories. <laughs> I we feel like he should have been the, the female of the relationship, and I should have been the male of the relationship. That's pretty much it. He likes shopping. I hate shopping. Um, he likes to cook. I hate to cook. So you guys are a great match, is what you're telling me. <laughs> you guys are a great oh, match. But I also love this conversation because it's something that Mark and I talk about all the time. How like like gender's made up i mean we know that now like gender like gender roles are not real no. you know why is it that there's this women love to shop not all women like no. my I, we were talking about my mom before we started recording because uh, joyce was saying how much she hates to cook i'm like i grew up with a mother that hated to cook like yeah. She hates it. To this day, she hates it. She also hates to shop. My father has always done all the grocery shopping. My mom doesn't go anywhere near the store. She hates it. Does, yeah. does your father like you? Does he does it out of necessity? Um, you know what? He probably doesn't. I don't know. He probably doesn't have necessity. No. Someone's got to get fed. My dad likes going out. You know, like he likes to have somewhere to go and something to do. So my mom will write him a grocery list. Yeah. And he'll go buy the groceries. But even when it comes to like Christmas shopping or clothes shopping or whatever, my mom is the type of person that it's go in, find exactly what I'm here for and get out. Like oh, she hates shopping. Okay. So you get it. Yeah. But see, it's not, it's not a gender thing, but we've always looked at it that way. Right. So yeah. it's not that you would be the man in the relationship and he would be the woman. Yeah. You're exactly who you are. It's just, you're doing what you actually like, not based on like, this is what a man does. And this is what a woman does. Cause it's Culturally. stupid. Culturally. Well, I mean, I'm not Asian, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, or you could do the Asian thing with the buying gifts. You just give the money and that's it, right? <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Tell me about your surgeries. Yeah. What about them? Tell me about your first surgery. Uh, my mastectomy? What, yeah. Uh, what kind of stuff? Tell me your thoughts about it before. Tell me your thoughts about it after. Uh, well, that would have been my... Hmm. I hate staying at the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, you never get good sleep in the hospital because it depends on who you're rooming with. So that was my only issue, I guess. When I had my C-section with my second one, um, the protocol was that you have to stay there for 36 hours. Mm -hmm. I called it quits at 24. Mm -hmm. uh, my midwife was on board and I'm like, let's get me out of here. Right. Um, that was definitely... I don't even remember how long I stayed there. I don't think more than two days. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. um, PTSD, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. It, I just got to heal. Uh, the aftercare was... It's not horrible. Uh, as a health professional, uh, as a health professional, we know our stretches and whatnot. So I just 
started to do them. They give you instructions, like they send you with sheets of what exercises you should be keeping up with and and how much weight that you can carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I push it because I know my body. Um, I know when to stop. Mm. Um, yeah. So the next one that I'm gonna have, it's a it's a six to eight hour surgery. Um, I'll be there for four, like I'll be in the hospital for four days. Mm-hmm. The healing for sure will be double um, the amount because what they're doing is they're giving me a free tummy tuck mm-hmm. and uh, and then they're going to put all the tissue into my chest. And so I'll have two incision sites or two healing sites. So I don't know. That's something that... We'll have to wait and see. Is that the the common way to do the reconstruction? There's different ways. Um, You could potentially put in a um, silicone. Mm -hmm. You can get an implant. Implant. Right, right, right. Thanks. Um, But it's better to use your own tissue. Yeah, we did a whole series on breast implant illness and stuff like yeah. that so did you have a did you have a choice in in the in in what was going to happen or? i did but we pretty much said no to the implant right right right. yeah and who doesn't want a free tummy tuck and that's the thing that's another thing like you know you gotta joke about some of these things yeah right like, when do you get a free tummy tuck? <laughs> this is when you get a free tummy tuck. <laughs> sure, you gotta have humor about it sometimes. Absolutely. If you can't, then what do you got sometimes? When did that when did that sort of become normal for you? So like like you said to Mark, initially when you were waiting those two days to get the diagnosis, it was a lot of crying. Then you got the diagnosis and you were like, Okay, I'm gonna pull up my pants now and that's it. I'm yeah. you know, doing what I gotta do and I'm gonna I'm gonna power through this. I'm sure you had low moments, like it's oh, impossible sure. to not. Yeah. But when did it get to a point where you felt like you could sort of joke about it and, you know, you could talk about it and it wasn't like so, so emotional for you? I think even after, well, no, because even before the mastectomy, I was joking with my medical team all the time because I feel like, you know, Patch Adams. Mm. You got you got to keep it up. You got to be positive because mm-hmm. this is only a fragment of your life. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. There there still are times here and there when I think, you know, you know, this sucks. Yeah. But you move on. Because there's more to living. Are these all conscious decisions that you're making? Or is this naturally like how you flow? Like I'd imagine it would go from I'm shocked, I'm sad, I'm mad as fuck. Yeah. And then after mad probably comes all of this acceptance. And then how do I move forward with acceptance? Right. Is is the humor piece that you're using and have used, is that a conscious thing? It's like, I'm going to go about it this way. Or is that or is that just a natural thing that, that evolved for you? That's just me. Yeah. I've always been like that. You not even tell by the way she speaks. She's got a very dry sense of humor. Like it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she must be British over here. Oh <laughs> well, you go. You do know that Hong Kong used to be a British yeah, colony. Yeah, sure. So yeah. there you there go. you go. <laughs> so I I wanted to talk a little bit about the treatment. So the yeah. mastectomy obviously was it was huge. Yeah, for sure. And of course, that's a scary thought. To be honest with you, I I I can't. I can't imagine that I would have slept. Like knowing that I was going to have that surgery, yeah. I feel like it just would have been nerves, nerves, is nerves, it, nerves. Is it nerves. the is it the surgery that you're nervous about? Is it the is it like your 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 self image that you're worried about? Like what are the things that you're, are you worried asking about? me or Joyce? I'm asking <laughs> I'm asking me, anyone in this room. For that would me, give me an my fear would have been the actual surgery. Okay. Like those kinds of things like scare the shit out of me any any kind of surgery i've never okay. had surgery okay. because yeah. the thought of it actually does really scare me I, sure. I just had this conversation with a client yesterday um about like i don't understand how people get plastic surgery yeah. like just cosmetic sure. right like i i i want to have bigger breasts i want to you know have better cheekbones i want to have a smaller okay. nose right. i don't think i could do it like i think i would have to have some serious like self-esteem problems okay. that like I had to have surgery to do it because it scares me. Surgery itself scares me. Okay. Yeah. I understand people have surgery every day and a lot of surgeries are very routine, yeah. but that would have been my anxiety. The self-image thing probably wouldn't have even come into my mind because I'd be so scared about the surgery, mm. but that's, that's me. That's my own fear. To the self-image What about thing? you? Yeah. Oh, I have a huge self-image thing, but it magnified because now I'm, you know, I joke and I say I'm a one-eyed monster, hmm. right? So, um, <laughs> but that's oh, what that's it good. is. That's good. <laughs> right? And so that's why I'm looking forward to the reconstruction so I don't have to be a one-eyed monster. Right. Um, but I've always had a self, a self image issue and okay. that might be why I don't like shopping. Gotcha. I gotcha. hate shopping. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean... You got to have confidence in your medical team sure. to to be in that position because they are the professional. Just like as a massage therapist, you know, you're massaging people. Your clients should have confidence in you mm -hmm. to know what to do correctly. Right. So the self-image thing did come into your mind oh, pre-surgery. Sure. Um, so I guess right away you had already made the... Because some women choose not to have reconstruction. So yeah. I assume that you already were we're going to do reconstruction after this. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Um, leading up to the surgery, I know you're excited. Yeah. Are you nervous or fearful at all? Or is it just 100% excitement to to get this reconstruction free done? Free tummy tuck. It's and the free tummy tuck. Obviously. Excitement right there. Um. <laughs> My <laughs> the other thing is is you get four days away from your kids, <laughs> uh. right? Like, but in the and hospital, then you, and then you get meals <laughs> served to you, right? Um, <laughs> you got to find the good in every situation. I mean, I I I think about my husband and like. He's going to deal with two devils for four days. Like, it's, it's hard. <laughs> so that, you're scared for him. You're oh, not for scared sure. for yourself going under the no. knife again. No, I'll be fine. Yeah. He's he's going to need some help. So anyone yeah. listening, send help. <laughs> Joyce's husband is going to need some help. <laughs> yeah. How has he been through this whole thing? Like, I mean, of course, like you, I'm sure that his emotions have been oh, up yeah, and down like sure. a roller coaster. Um, when you are 
trying to be funny and being witty and you know you've got that dry sense of humor that yeah. like sometimes you're like is she is she serious is she really <laughs> i mean he knows you so he knows yeah. it uh does he laugh along with you or is there ever times where he's like this is not funny uh well we've been together oh my gosh do 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 how old am I right now? Just give us, right just now? give us the year, because we realized the year. <laughs> we realized you're not. Oh my accounting, gosh. Accounting the years doesn't work well. Yeah, my taxes. No, I don't even want to touch it. Um, we've been together for twenty-one years. Mm. It's a long so time. So he has to know me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we we have really dumb jokes all the time. So he'll joke with you about yeah, it. Yeah, he's sure. not like this is serious. Don't joke. It's not yeah. funny. No, no. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the only issue is that he's got to deal with himself sometimes. Mm. Um, especially during a pandemic, we have so much time to think about ourselves. It's it's nuts, and that's why a lot of people have mental issues right now. But um, with him, it's like. Does he need something to occupy himself so that he's not thinking about all this crap about me, which is dealing with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Or cooking. That's his that's his outlet. Mm. Cooking, sharpening his knives is his outlet. Sharpening his knives. Yes. I'm somehow We're talking picture- about kitchen knives, right? Yes. Okay. Making sure. Maybe, maybe he's got a collection of Rambo knives. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. We don't know. Him. And then he sets it up with his Hello Kitty. <laughs> yeah. That's why we have dry humor. It's just like, you know. <laughs> you as long see as the, the Hello Kitties are not sh- on the dashboard, then I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a cutting board <laughs> with his freshly sharpened eyes. That's great. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> we gotta meet this guy <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day. So he's been he's been supportive, and yeah. but also, like you said, you've you've given him the space to deal with it, like his own stuff too, right? Because oh, this sure. is hard for him. Like I, you know, we talked about this. Watching somebody like you love, watching somebody so close to you dealing with something and you feel so helpless. helpless. Yeah. He wants to part. do stuff for you, right? He wants to take care of you. Yeah. But at the same time, you're obviously a very independent type of person. Like you said, you know, you spend one day in the hospital after a C section, you're like, I want to go home. I want to go home and lift some weights and, you know, maybe <laughs> cut the grass, <laughs> pave the driveway. <laughs> I-, I could if I wanted to. Um I think when you deal with hardships like these, um, the person who's dealing with it, they're on adrenaline. Yeah. So they they are just going through the motions. But for the people who are bystanders and like so close, they feel helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they don't know what to do. They don't like give me something to do yeah that would be scary like for him that would be scary like is and again knowing you and knowing that you might minimize things because that's just your personality to not overreact and not you know so he's probably wondering like are you is she in more pain than she's admitting to like does she need more help than she's asking for so yeah you probably drive him crazy yeah like (laughs) cutting my own meds you know when it's pain you know pain meds i'd be like i don't think i need it and then a few hours later, oh, never mind. I do need it. Mm. Yeah, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the reasons why, you know, when when I post it on Facebook is because they, my family and, and the people who are close to me, they're dealing with it harder than I am. So that's harder why. Harder than you are? Well, that's what I feel. I don't know. 
You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so surger- surgeries weren't a huge fear for you in terms of actually like going under the knife. No. I mean, yes, yes, everyone's going to feel a little nervous yeah. about having surgery. But I think also because you'd had a C-section before, not that this is anything the same, but you'd no. actually had surgery before and yeah. C-section is major surgery. Yeah. So what about the chemotherapy, the radiation, you know, as you're, you're, talking to the specialist and they're telling you like, this is the treatment plan. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Was this all a blur to you? Did you just say, okay, 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 okay. Did you really know what you were getting into? Um, how was that whole process? Um, with chemo, I mean, they go through everything with you. Um, the nurses, when, when you're at the chair for chemo, they go over, you know, what are your symptoms and everything. And they give you all the meds that you need you know, to ward off the throwing up, nausea, whatnot. Did you have a lot of side effects from the chemo? No, no. no. And that's the thing, like people, it's like pregnancy and and giving birth and watching movies where everybody feels like when you're giving birth, you're screaming your head off and you're like cursing your partner (laughs) for getting you into this situation. And, you know, it. It's not all it's not like, like that. that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So same thing with chemo. It's like it's not always where, you know, you I, I didn't look gray. I didn't like throw up every five minutes. Yeah, I slept a lot and I was on a lot of meds, but I'm I wasn't like not alive in a way. I don't know. You were still functioning. Yeah. yeah. Did you lose your hair? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at one time we we shaved it off. I remember that now. He, it was on Facebook. It was on Facebook. Yeah. You guys both shaved your heads, uh, didn't you? No, he shaved my head. I oh, maybe that's what head. it was. I knew he was in the photo. Fo- okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He shaved your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How'd you like it? What? what? I'm thinking it was during chemo. Oh my! I hate my hair. I hated my hair uh, because it was thick. It was non-Asian hair. I loved her hair so much. Like anyone who has thick hair hates it. Joyce had my hair times 28. Like I'm not even exaggerating. She had so much thick, thick hair. (laughs) Yes, it was thick and it was heavy and it would give me, sometimes it would give me neck issues. Okay, well that's fair. If it's causing pain, then fine, you can hate it. Okay, and non-Asian hair, like I had curly-ish hair. I did not like it because I'm Asian. We really need to talk to her parents. Like we were joking about this last time she was here. She's like, I'm 100% Chinese. Like my my family's from Hong Kong, but she's very tall. Yeah. Pre-mastectomy, very heavy chested. Yeah. Thick, wavy hair. Yeah. Kind of Chinese woman is this? Yeah, <laughs> maybe you're from the north, really. I have no. Aren't, clue. aren't, aren't, aren't northern Chinese people like much taller? Oh yeah, because you're Some you're probably be. about as tall as I am, maybe even taller. You're no. Not, how tall are you? Five seven. Six, I'm only five eight. Mm. I'm only five eight. Like you're, we're close, <laughs> we're close, but you're tall. Yeah, we were joking about that last time she was here. She because I don't understand. Like I have, I have no Asian features. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not. And then my next issue is that when people say, "Oh, when you when you shave your hair or like after chemo and everything, you're gonna have fuller and um, you know, thicker hair," and I'm like, "No, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm gonna keep shaving it." <laughs> I mean, right now, actually, I think this is Asian hair. Other than the fact that I was going to say your hair is growing back in. It looks it looks relatively straight. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's it's not. not. No. (laughs) What what are you looking at, Amanda? (laughs) This is not straight. (laughs) 
Shaving your hair is fun, though. Like, have, would you ever do it? Just out of curiosity. Okay, it's, you it's, and I both know that I cannot shave my of course head, you can. and now I'll let everybody know Just why. Wear hat. I have <laughs> a very large dent in my head. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I have no idea if like my parents dropped me on my head as a baby or what, but my head isn't, I feel isn't like round. So, I feel like someone was palming your head and they just pushed a finger down. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. If you put really? your hand on her head, it's like one finger will just drop in and just sit. I have a sit very in a large dent in my head. So it's liberating, by the way, shaving your head. Well, it you, is. you have a beautifully round it's, head. <laughs> it's it's you don't know until you shaved it. Exactly. It's when you freeing. when you shaved your head, yeah. were you like were you surprised at what you look like? I have a were glorious you... shaped head. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Did you like the look? Would you do it again? Probably not. Not like fully shaved. I don't know. I I can care less, honestly. Mm. And that's probably part of my body image issue, but I can care less how I look. Isn't that interesting? Like the the psychology behind that, like I have a body image issue, so it makes me <laughs> not care what I look look like. But it like it makes sense. It's because if you have a body image issue and you feel like I'm not worthy of like looking pretty or whatever, you know, whatever adjective you want to use there. Yeah. So I I just don't care. I don't try because yeah. I don't feel like I'm worthy of looking good. So are you the type of person that like? doesn't put on makeup doesn't Which style your hair great yeah because i can get out of the door in five minutes while my husband takes an hour to get that out the door stop <laughs> it what is he doing for an hour <laughs> perfect part in his head is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah and that's another thing like when we're on a time rush like, you guys have truly switched around gender for sure. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i love it i love it yeah we're not those people he can like makeup and i can care less about makeup like honestly i get it it's i imagine it would be like one of two extremes right oh for sure you can't have both the same it's not it, it you, yeah. it's not a working relationship mm. you'll be fighting over you know using the washroom <laughs> <laughs> We only have one. We can't do it. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we would do with only one washroom. Because we did, but it was just the two of us. There was no children. Mm. But even though. It's a uh, lot of open doors, is what that is. (laughs) Even though Mark can get out the door in five minutes, like. He does his own hair. So he either shaves his own head or now he's got this mohawk. So he shaves the side of his head. So he's in the washroom sometimes for, you know, 30, 40 minutes because it's a whole ordeal like shaving sure. it. Then he's got to clean it all up. Then he has to shower to get all the hair off of him. And it's, you're in there a long time some days. It's funny, though, with the open doors. Like this morning, I brushed my teeth with my daughter who ran in. I got to pee. I got to pee. And so I'm having a whole conversation <laughs> as she's taking a piss and I'm brushing my teeth. And I was like, this is this is cool. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'd want this any other way. Actually. <laughs> That's how it is with kids. Like, you don't there's doors aren't closed. Yeah. Yeah. It's they absolutely don't... great. I love it. Actually, let me ask you, since you yeah. have a seven year old. So our oldest is almost seven. Yeah. Mm. At what stage? stage do you think she will start closing the door like she goes in to go to the bathroom doesn't matter what's happening there number one number two doors wide open she'll have a conversation with us from the bathroom (laughs) but she flips around sometimes she's like i need privacy i need privacy and then other times she's like can someone keep me company? 
<laughs> in number two or number one? Yeah, for, doesn't for matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. Happening. Really? But yeah, she's like that though. That's. I'm wondering at what age will she start to feel like maybe I should close the door? I'm going to guess that uh, in another couple years when... 10 maybe? Yeah. When she realizes like... Oh, this is not what people normally do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We are a very open family and open door. Like, you know, if I'm in the shower, for example, I leave the door unlocked in case the kids have to come in or yeah. if they need something. So like, it's normal for them to like see me walking around without my clothes on. So they do it like we're, we're all very open with each other, I think. So maybe they don't know that closed doors is what people do. <laughs> I'm okay with that because I I I want them to feel com. I like that they feel comfortable with their bodies. Yeah. And regardless of what their bodies like, I like that they. Because I remember being a kid, I was probably her age, and I was a little fat kid, and I just I w- I hated even going swimming. Yeah. Like you go to my friend's house to swim, I'm like, I gotta take off my shirt. Are you like this is not fun for me? I'm not doing this. Yeah. And I would avoid doing anything that involved you know m- my body coming out. Mm-hmm. So I like that they're comfortable with it. I mean, you know, with we'll you is different. Lasts. You have two girls, so it's yeah, totally it's different. Fine. But like, for me, uh, some people have an issue where they've seen me naked like my boys have seen me naked Mm -hmm. a lot um i mean i had to deal with dressings i had to deal with um drains and stuff like that so i'm not putting clothes on because you know you guys got to feel comfortable Mm. around me Mm -hmm. um same thing with breastfeeding like (laughs) asian culture cover up uh no i'm not covering up (laughs) I've been told, you know, maybe you should go to another room to breastfeed. I'm like, no, if you have an issue, stop looking. I've gone to Hong Kong with my uh, eight-month-old at that time. I'm whipping my boob out to feed. You want to know why? Because you, whoever has a problem with this, if you wanted to eat a sandwich right now, you just open up the sandwich and eat it. You wouldn't run to another room to have a fucking meal. Never mind run to another room. Run to the washroom because most places don't have anywhere that a woman can nurse other than a washroom. Why would you want to eat your sandwich in the toilet? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was always very open with breastfeeding as well. And because it's so, it seems so normal to me. And yeah. I thought like, this is, you know, I'm feeding my child. This yeah. is what has to happen. Sometimes I didn't really think about what was going on around me. And I found it a couple of years after, like when my, my daughter was older and no longer nursing, uh, one of my friends said that um, her boyfriend at the time was like super uncomfortable when they would come over yeah. because if the kid needed to eat, I would stay in the room. Like I, I didn't want to go isolate myself. Everyone's hanging out, having fun. So I would stay there and I would just nurse her. Like, it's not like I was whipping it out for everyone to see. Her head's covering it, right? But anyway, apparently um, he was very uncomfortable with the whole thing. And I'm like, well. Then don't come. Yeah. That's it. It It's my house. My kid needed to eat. Absolutely. You don't want to see it. Don't come to my house. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had one issue when I was going to a mall and my kid needed to eat. I went to a quiet corner someone came up to me you should cover up and blah 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 you know i'm like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> me no english no. <laughs> i was expecting that i was hoping for it <laughs> <laughs> oh what uh what about so after you finished your chemo yeah do you like i've i honestly am asking because i honestly don't know do yeah. you go straight into radiation like no, is it are they wait a month okay so I had six sessions of chemo. Um, it's three weeks, 
I, you know, honestly, timeline is like non-existent for me. Um, I feel like it was three weeks in between each session. Okay. And uh, and then you wait a month uh, before your radiation. And the reason why I'm waiting for so long for my reconstruction is because they want to make sure my tissue is good. Right. So it has to be a year after my radiation. Okay. So yeah. So when was your final treatment? May the 4th be with Yay! you. Yay! Star Wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. That was my last session. May 4th was your last session. And did you guys have like a celebration that day? Was there any like... It was COVID times, man. Well, no I, celebrations. Celebration, no, just any. you and your husband and the boys. No, uh, I don't think we did anything. I mean... I carried it on like I drove myself to radiation because no visitors were allowed. Right. So it was just like, uh, you know, yay, I don't have to go to the hospital every day anymore. That's it. So how long is radiation then? It was, I want to say, 15 days. And it's every day? You yes, go? every okay. weekday. Okay. Um, it was only for like 20 minutes of anything. Side effects? Just like the sunburn-ish thing sunburn Interesting. yeah that's it and so now are you considered to be like in remission recover like what is the terminology where you are your in your yeah what is your status uh, they haven't used those words it's mm. funny um mm. they didn't even use the words of uh you know how they grade the uh, cancer mm -hmm. they never use those words with me so when people are say asking me uh so, uh, what, how do they say it? Like what stage? Yeah, what stage cancer? And I'm like, I don't know. Because they never said. Um, the only way to decipher is how much it infiltrated to other areas, right? Mm -hmm. So, by looking at my diagnosis uh, when my, when I had the mastectomy, um, they found it in my lymph nodes. So then we have to stage it that way. It would be a stage two slash three, but it's not, it's not a black and white right. grading system. And so like, so you're not sure if you're even at the point where you can say, or do you know, can you say like, I'm cancer free right now? Like there's nothing left in your body or is that a question mark? It's for me, it's not a question mark. Okay. Um, because I've done it all. At least I think I've done it all. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, I'm in remission. Okay. But that being said, I still have to go to the hospital periodically. Of course. Right. For checkups and everything. Mm -hmm. And now today, today we're in April of 2021. Yeah. So your last radiation was May 2020. Yeah. And then you went back to work yep. and soon you're going to be going for this reconstruction right yeah. now in April of 2021. Yeah. How do you feel like physically, mentally? How how do you feel recovered? Do you still have shitty days? Do you, How does your body feel? My body wise, scar tissue is is horrible. Um, when I do work a lot, I feel like my right shoulder collapses in and lots of pulling and everything. So other than that, I feel like my body's fine. It's, it's just another day. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, when, after my surgery, uh, 
I'll have to have a eight to 12 weeks recovery. Right. And I'm crossing my fingers and crossing my toes and hoping that I can get back into action in September. You can do that. Of course. Of course you can. So I have one more line of questioning before we let you go for the day. We started this out by saying that this this discussion doesn't happen. People um, they don't know how to react, you know. And so what I'm what I'm talking about here is, you know, if Joyce tells someone, um, you know, I I had breast cancer, I had a mastectomy, I'm going for reconstruction, she said that people don't know how to react. Yeah. What do you want people to know? Like how how should people respond, or what are some things that you know you as the person dealing with the cancer? What do you wish people had said to you, or what are you saying don't ever say to people? Well, the reason why I told people not to comment on my Facebook is because sometimes it's like I don't know if you're genuine. I don't know if you are if you are saying it so that the Facebook world knows that you are supportive of me. Like what Mark was saying. Right, exactly. And I don't need that. And so the reason why I would talk to anybody about it is because I feel like it will help them. You don't have to have, uh, you know, a history of, of cancers in your family to have it. You don't have to... Um, be a horrible eater to have it, and it's it's the knowledge where, you know, just do your pre screening, do your screenings. That's why they're there. That's why your GPs are there. That's why your, you know, health professionals are there to help you to make sure that you are in tip top shape. So don't ignore things. Yeah, I'm bad for that. I'm bad for that. Like when Mark was saying that, I'm the exact same way. I'm the person that will have like a random pain. And I might say to Mark in passing, like, oh, this hurts. He's like, shouldn't you get that checked out? I'm like, no, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm that person. I do that a lot too, but uh, that's also because I'm just in pain from a lot of things. So I'm like, oh, that's just one more fucking ache that's happening for this two seconds. And okay, now it's gone 20 minutes later. Like You know what I mean? But you know you're normal. That's the thing. Exactly. You know you're normal. And the only issue is that a lot of people, what they, their issue is that they mute their body like they tune out to their Mm -hmm. body and that's the problem when you don't listen to your body and and you you fight it that's the issue and that's where me as a massage therapist is like you got to get back into your body you got to teach your kids how to listen to their body so that Mm -hmm. they don't injure themselves yeah well, thank you for being like so open and willing to talk about this. And, Absolutely, thank you. You know, maybe it will be helpful for people, even just to as a reminder that yeah, you can be healthy, and I'm putting that in quotes, meaning yeah. you do everything right. But listen to your body. If there's, if you think there might be an issue, there might be an issue, yeah. and being blind to it, ignoring it, is is not helpful. It's not going to go away, right? And for anyone dealing with some kind of illness, either personally or with their family. Um, Seek help. Yeah, seek help and figure out how to cope with it. You know, I know Mark always says, oh, if it were me, I'd stay in the why me phase. And I'm always saying to him, no, you wouldn't. And I believe that nobody's going to stay there because at some point you realize I can destroy the rest of my life and this and focus on this and just be miserable all the time or recognize that there's there's other things and there's still things worth living. And I mean, in your case, you have two young children. So you're like, okay, I'm going to be mom and I'm going to make sure my family's okay. 
And I'm sure there were days that you were like, fuck, I don't want to be mom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this. My four days <laughs> off. That's what I'm not going to be a mom. Yeah. Your four days off are going to be uh, a mini vacation. Yeah. With lots of drugs. With lots of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's type of vacation. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about it. Well, thank you for actually recording this today, even though I kind of sprung it on you last minute. That's okay. Right on. Thanks for coming by. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>